The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. There are entrepreneurs and business leaders that are making so much more than profit in their enterprises. They're also giving back to the community, and so can you. Welcome to Be More, Achieve More, inspiration for the entrepreneurial mind with host Chris Cooper. If you are looking to make the most of yourself and your business, then you will want to stay tuned for the next hour. Here's your host, Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper of BeMoreAchieveMore.com and CC1Consulting.com and I'm delighted to be back with you again for yet another week. Uh, on today's show, um, my guest is uh, Jack Higginbottom. We're going to talk uh, about from a dream to an iconic brand about the PRS guitar story. But I just want to really start today by uh, mentioning the show last week. Uh, we had uh, a great show, some great content uh, from the CEO and co-founder of one of the fastest growing companies in the UK, Adrian Pike. Uh, their business in their third year is due to hit £100 million turnover. And there was some amazing content there about how to grow a business uh, really fast. So if you're thinking about wanting to accelerate your business uh, performance and grow it quickly, then I strongly recommend listening to the content in that show because it's uh, really, really uh, uh, valuable, I think. And certainly uh, opened my mind, I think, to how you can do things really quickly and get it right. Now, we've had some incredible guests and stories on this show. And this show in particular has got real true meaning to me About six years ago, I watched an incredible DVD. It was called Mastery, and it included in it the story of Paul Reed Smith and how his guitars, or his dreams of making uh, a guitar for Carlos Santana, turned into a reality. And today, PRS Guitars, in my mind, have become an iconic brand. Now, I don't know about you, but I think we all have brands that we you know, we, we, we all know in the marketplace like Coca-Cola and Mars and Google and those sorts of things. But, you know, there's sometimes some brands that you, you that have a personal meaning to you. For me, uh, those were Marshall, uh, Marshall Amplification, because being a guitar player, um, and, and I once had the privilege of meeting Jim Marshall and was really bowled over by him and how authentic he seemed. And the other one is PRS guitars, because I play a PRS guitar. And uh, therefore, it means a lot to me personally. The story on the Mastery DVD inspired me to look at PRS and invest in in one of their guitars. And I became, at that stage, really committed then to learn how to play um, properly. Initially, I didn't actually feel worthy. It was such a beautiful piece of equipment. Um, However, I worked hard at it and uh, got, got a very inspired by it. And a few weeks ago, I actually experienced my first standing ovation, which was, uh, which was an amazing experience. I felt like a rock star for a, an evening. I regularly talk about my guitar. I include images of it in my keynote speeches. I mention how the values and the journey of PRS Guitars so inspired me. And that's why I'm just so excited to welcome the president of PRS Guitars, uh, Jack Higginbottom, um, to the show today. Now, Jack is 
the president of Paul Reed Smith Guitars Limited Partnership, and it's a manufacturer of high-end musical instruments and equipment. They're based in Stevensville in Maryland. Uh, Jack's worked in a variety of positions since its inception in 1985, including he's been a guitar builder, a project manager, a purchasing manager, a sales, production manager, and vice president of manufacturing. In his current position as president, which he's held since 2002, he's managed the significant growth of the company. PRS Guitars now employs about 230 people who very skillfully produce around 1,000 electric guitars each month. In early 2009, PRS officially added both acoustic guitar and amplifier production lines, and both have received industry accolades at major trade shows. Jack serves as a commissioner of the, the Maryland Advisory Commission on Manufacturing Competitiveness, a commission charged with advising the Secretary of Business and Economic Development with regards to manufacturing. He resides in Centerville, Maryland, with his wife and six children. Uh, welcome to Jack. Hi, Chris. How are you? Uh, fantastic. Thank you very much. Uh, do all of your do your children play guitars? A few of them do. Yeah, I have. Uh... I have all kinds of musicians in my house. We have bass players and drummers and a couple of guitar players and vocalists. So it's it's loud. It's good and loud. I imagine it is. So you can have um, a couple of bands in your house. Yes, and it's very dynamic. The groups change very very rapidly. It's good. Fantastic. I imagine with the work that you do, you do that that must have inspired them with their musical interests. Have you, have you been yourself very interested in guitar playing? Was that well, you yeah, became yeah. I started playing guitar as a pretty young child. We had an old acoustic laying around the house, and um, I just naturally gravitated to that and picked it up and figured a few things out on my own. Unfortunately, I haven't advanced much in my guitar playing since about the age of seven, but I still have a good time with it. But uh, we've always had just a lot of uh, instruments that we've left laying around our house. I play a few different instruments, actually. I play piano and a guitar and bass and drums a little bit. Um, and we've always just left instruments laying around and let the kids kind of gravitate to whatever they're interested in. And they've all sort of selected their space. And like I said, they, sometimes they let me play with them. That's good. You know, sometimes I'm outcast, but there's a lot of noise coming out of our house. <laughs> I imagine that you probably, when you say you don't haven't advanced that much with the guitar, are you comparing yourself to some of the amazing players who play your products? Does no. that yeah, there's the, not only the, the guys that buy our guitars and play them, but um, so many amazing musicians that are inside of this business as well. So there's there's a lot of good uh, good talent and excellent music that, that rings through the hallways here. Oh, it must be an amazing place to be. I wonder if you could share with us the early dream behind PRS Guitars and then maybe you know how you personally became involved. Sure. I'll give you a my perspective of the story that Paul tells, I guess. Um, and so I was playing in some bands around, well, I grew up in the Southern part of the United States and, um, basically wanted to make a career of music. Um, and at that time, if you could be located in the Maryland region around Washington, DC, it was very easy to get to New York, you know, and get to Southern locations. So it was a nice central place. So, my girlfriend at the time, my now wife, and I moved to this area. And Paul Smith was a local guitar repair guy, you know, just around town in Annapolis where I lived. And, um, 
you know, he had a great reputation for building one-off guitars for very famous people at that time, but he also had a repair shop. So I got to know him uh, uh, casually. You know, he had a band and I was playing in bands, so we kind of knew each other on that level. Um, and uh, about 1985, I came to this horrible and startling realization that I was not going to be the next great thing in, in rock music. And it was time to start thinking about what I was going to do with my life. And Paul was at that moment kind of on the upswing and, and had an investor group come alongside, raise some money and had started ERS Guitars. And so his, his coming into the business and me coming out of the music business was a simultaneous, um, event, I guess. And I, I was looking, honestly, I was looking for a place to kind of go for a little while and figure out what I was going to do with my life. And that was 28 years ago now. And, <laughs> um, I think we have, I figured out what I'm doing with my life now. Finally, I think I figured that out. <laughs> so, so what does your, your role involve as president of PIS Guitars? What, what are your main functions? Right now, um, it really is, it's a very dynamic business and we all wear a lot of hats, as we say. Um, I think generally guiding the development and the growth of the business, which is a very general thing to say, but that's my job. So we're always, um, Paul is an inventor at heart and you, you know him slightly, I guess. And, and if you know Paul, you know that he is on a never ending quest for knowledge and to make something more functional functional or better than it was the day before. So he's on a constant quest of the, the product and the development of the product. And I kind of chase behind him with a dustpan and a broom and try to put that, those pieces together and form them into plans to execute his dream, basically. So I'd say if, if I put it very broadly, it's my job to try to execute and come to reality, his visions and his dreams. That makes an awful lot of sense. Very important to, for it's you know highly creative and innovative people to have somebody like uh, like you to to help you know shine a light on that and uh, build an organization and develop an organization that can, as you say, can can keep up, um, and keep those dreams alive. Yeah, and he's he's a brilliant man in my opinion, and and with that come a lot of ideas. And so we have an amazing team of engineers and production and purchasing and all the elements, you know, that are inside of, of any manufacturing business. But, but I love the, the team and the family that we have here. And basically it's all of our jobs to, to sort of execute, execute his dreams. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's been a, an amazing journey for me. It's been, a, it's been great. Now, now you, you said that you're know, 28 years. You came into the business, and Paul was kind of the, you know, the repair guy. When you first met him, did he did he have that kind of vision and drive that you just described? Yeah. Always been in him. Yeah, the, I remember the day I met him. Actually, we uh, the, a guitar player that I worked with was was a machinist who designed, or I guess he designed and built some of the very early five axis pantograph machines. We used to call them duplicators that carved the bodies before we had CNC computer um, machinery. And um, I was picking up a piece of gear from my friend and, and went down the main street in Annapolis. And there was this guy with long curly hair um, standing on the side of the road, eating a slice of pizza. And he had two slices of pizza. And 
Um, he didn't know me. I had, you know, I was a destitute musician at that point, and he offered me a slice of pizza, which always struck me. And that Paul's a very giving and a caring guy. He looked at me, and here's some skinny kid who obviously isn't eating very well, and he threw me a slice of pizza. So that's how I met Paul. And we kind of hit it off and, and stayed in touch a bit. And ultimately, I, I had decided to get out of the music scene, as I said. And I gave him a ring, and um, you know, he, he gave me a job, and it was nice of him to do. And, and I really found a purpose, I think, and a direction in my life that I hadn't really had since then. I didn't, I didn't really have a reason to get up and discover each day up to that point. And I got incredibly enthusiastic and curious about what made a good instrument, how to build a good instrument. And then later I got very interested in how to organize and execute a plan and begin to run a department. And so it was, it was really um, uh, a massive education, I guess, for me um, on the job training and hopefully did some good while I learned a lot. It, it was the early years were, were spectacular and exciting. Amazing. You, you, this sounds like um, like an amazing sort of book title in there. It's, you know, it started with a slice of pizza. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's there's a lot of stories. Some of them probably should never be published, but there there was a lot of there was there was some great times. And really, like I remember early early on in the finish hallway, we would get together every Friday afternoon and and have meetings and kind of talk about how it was going. And on a really great day, we would make like three guitars that day and we'd feel good about that and there was a list of the competitors on a chalkboard and we would kind of you know those were the people that we aspired to be competitive with and it was it was very exciting i think that's a really there's a really good point in that and a lesson for people actually you know i'm looking at my board on the wall at the moment with uh, lots of things on it, but I don't actually have those people on it that I want to, you know, I might see as people that I aspire to uh, to be within my own line of work. So I think you just sparked off something there, which uh, maybe a few people might uh, might add to their vision boards, what they're thinking right. there. So thank, thank you for that. <laughs> in, the, in, the early, in the early days, it, uh, it must have taken a lot of courage for, for Paul and... Uh, and, and yourself to make guitars and persuade exceptional players like Ted Nugent to try them. I mean, what? Um, how did Paul go about that? And uh, and what do you think small business owners can learn from that kind of tenacity? Yeah, I think I think first of all, what Paul what Paul did and what Paul still does is recognized what didn't work well. So. Um, trying to think of a good analogy, you get into your car every day and when you first bought that car, maybe you recognize that the air conditioning um, controls are not in a convenient place. But after five, ten minutes in the car, you kind of get used to it, then you accept it and you never think of it again. Paul recognized what was not optimal in musical instruments and never did accept that they couldn't be better. And so what I believe drove him and still drives him is to make an instrument more functional, more tonal, more playable, more beautiful, more whatever, always never accepting the compromise or never getting used to the shortcomings inside of the instrument. So I think as a repair guy early on, he recognized what wasn't working well in a guitar. 
and he became a designer at that time in my mind. Um, and, and designed solutions into the instruments of that day and then incorporated those solutions into his own instruments. And he is incredibly passionate about that. He's incredibly driven about that. And he's very infectious in his enthusiasm around that. And his enthusiasm is, is infectious to us here. And it is certainly infectious to the artists. And it was infectious to those artists. And so to hear Carlos and Tana talk about the first times that he met Paul or Ted Nugent talk about when he met Paul, you know, it's all about Paul's tenacity and Paul's conviction and his, his, um, you know, his, his absolute certainty in the path that he had chosen was a better solution. And he, he convinced, you know, a, a crowd of people that, um, were not easily swayed. And then they became very enthusiastic and they became, you know, kind of flag bearers. And so it just, it, it grew exponentially and it grew very quickly. So, you know, just prior to opening the factory, you know, he had quite a roster of who were the biggest names in rock at that time. And, uh, and not just rock, you know, Al Diniola in the jazz world and the fusion world played a huge part in that as well during that time. So it was just, I think, I think people recognize that he had solutions for overcoming some issues that they had while trying to convey their art. And, um, you know, it was a great tool for them. Mm. Yeah, but when in, in, you know what you said there about him being very infectious, I you know I can remember the first moment that I actually watched that video of mastery and saw him talk, and I was absolutely captivated. Um, and it, I think it was the authenticity, it was the desire and the drive to keep on improving. Um, and uh, you know I think it's it's a, it's a really great uh, kind of example of. Uh, you know, someone following their passion and uh, d- generally wanting to improve their customer's experience. Right. But uh, yeah, yeah, and I- if, you, if you were here, I mean, what I'll be sitting at my desk pouring over a spreadsheet or whatever dry thing that I'm doing, <laughs> and he'll burst into the office and say, come with me, you know, and we'll head up to the amplifier department and he'll break open boxes of tubes. And he, he is so... Um, unbridled and enthusiastic in what he does it it has not changed a bit pardon me mm. <clears throat> right well, we're going to go to our first commercial break now and after the break we're going to find out more about uh, you know prs and our amazing story and some of the things that we can learn uh, for our own businesses from the uh, you know, experiences at, at prs so um i shall be back we should be back with you in just a, a couple of minutes the boardroom to you voice america business network would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential chris cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers support includes the opportunity to join a high return group mentoring and mastermind program called the achiever program one-to-one mentoring and coaching facilitated leader development workshops and speeches 
Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. Do you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, for the Money Answer Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. How can we Americans realize our dreams to earn a living? How can you pursue your dream and make money as an owner or an employee? Learn how at The American Business Person, the online weekly radio talk show hosted by Rich Killian. Today's business leaders share how to succeed and what fails. If you own a new or established business or ever hope to, you must tune in. Join us every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Central, and noon Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Or listen on demand to our archived shows. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. tuned in to be more achieve more with host chris cooper if you have a question or comment about our show please direct your emails to info at be that's info at be now back to chris cooper hi this is chris cooper be more achieve more.com i'm with jack higginbottom the president of prs guitars uh, i wonder uh, Jack, we were talking in the break a little bit about uh, Carlos Santana, and maybe you can share with me about how how Paul kind of coped with the setbacks. I know that he dreamt of meeting Carlos Santana, getting him to play a guitar, and then um, I read that Carlos actually um, didn't want to buy one initially. Um, how did he cope with that setback? Sort of those well, sort of setbacks. Yeah, I'd say like I like I said earlier. Paul is one of the most tenacious people. He's the most tenacious person I've probably ever met in my life. Um, and he was confident that he had the solution for Carlos Santana long before Carlos knew that. And Paul's also, I would say, has the personality to where you have to say no to him at least three times before he can accept that being a no. Yeah. Um, <laughs> He will just say, okay, you don't get it yet. And then he'll come back later and then he'll say, okay, you didn't get it again, but I'll be back. And, uh, he was right. He was right in this thing. So, you know, Carlos, I think, um, when he got his first guitar, thought it was, um, I think the way Carlos put it, an accident of God that Paul was able to create such a thing and it couldn't be replicated. And then Paul went and replicated it and then he knew something, he had something. So, um, so, yeah, I think he's just very persistent and very um, convicted in what he does, very self-assured. It sounds a little bit like the, the Henry Ford of the guitar world. I think he was quite known for um, not accepting no, and uh, you know, after that uh, had a big consequence. Yeah, and I think, you know, as this company has grown, he's, he's, that kind of mentality permeates this business. I, I certainly have it in that. 
you know, you don't accept anything really. You just keep scratching until you find solutions and the solution will ultimately appear. So we, you know, I think if you look at the guitars that we create today, so I was a builder in 1985. If you go back to 1985 and 1986 and look at those guitars, they're nostalgic to me, but we're making a much better instrument these days. And part of that is Paul. Maybe part of that is, is what I've put into the company, but it's also about that spirit of always getting better you know, has been driven down to everybody inside of this business. Everybody here, honestly, maybe everybody is an overstatement. The vast majority of the people that are inside of this business are also on this quest to make everything a little bit better from their individual perspective. So it's a, it's a very collaborative movement for um, excellence in whatever form that takes. That sounds a little corny. But it's really true. If you go down and talk to somebody that's sanding a body on the body team in the wood shop, their quest is to do that better than the guy before them. And if you look at the generations of guitars over the years, it's it's true. Each successive generation is getting more skilled, more refined. The machine's getting a little bit better. Um, and Paul's designs get better and better. And so we just end up with, you know, it's a, it's an organism of quality and growth that's um, it's really neat to see in action. Right. Yeah, it takes, takes a real pioneer, doesn't it, to to take a product which has been, you know, guitars have been around obviously for, for many years, electric guitars obviously for, for less, but, um, you know, they've been developed and designed and, and re-engineered and developed. Um, but even still, you know, with your, your products, you've I guess you've not looked at the, so much of the competition, you've looked at how you can take it to a, a new level, and I think you're doing that. And, and I think that's still you know, quite amazing with new, I guess, new tim- different timbers and lacquers, sure. various things. Um, it's it's amazing that you can still keep on pioneering with something like a guitar. Yeah, and it's all about how much imagination do you have, and can the public get their hands around where you're taking that imagination. So a case in point to me would be we have a guitar that launched a little while back called a P22. And the P22 is a solid body electric that looks more or less like other guitars that we have made. Um, but it has our own proprietary piezo pickup system in it. So by switching a mini toggle in the upward position, it literally becomes an acoustic guitar. In the middle position, it becomes a blend between an acoustic and an electric guitar, and in the down position, it's an electric guitar. And um, it's just it's it's innovations like that that I mean, it's, there's other people out there obviously that are doing that, but this one you should plug in and listen to because it's incredibly convincing. We took it, friend of mine um, in a band, Mark Lee has a band named Third Day. And he has a studio in Atlanta. We took the guitar down to Atlanta and um, plugged it into the board. And everybody in the room was just astounded by if you closed your eyes and just listened to the reference monitors, it was an acoustic guitar that was playing inside of that sound room. And then you'd open your eyes and see him play in a solid body electric. So those are inspirational moments, too. And how useful is a product like that to to a guitar player to be able to have that flexibility 
um, I think it is from a flexibility standpoint. I think it's a it's an amazing thing, and there are people that definitely are like, "This is this is good enough. I don't need to carry an acoustic with me. I have it here." But it's also from an innovation of sound standpoint, it takes you in a direction where, as an artist making music, you know, you can start blending textures and affecting the the the, the texture of the music that you're making in a in a new way, an actual new way for music. So you can create new sound, basically, through through an instrument like that, which several of our artists are um, pretty enthusiastic about. Mm. We've got a, a guitar player in the UK um, uh, uh, from Muse, uh, David Bellamy, Bellamy, um, Bellamy Matt Bellamy, uh, and he's really innovative with all of this uh, sort of guitar technology. He seems to be taking it to a a different level over here and uh steven wilson over there as well uh, yeah it's just kind of in the same 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 deal with uh porcupine tree porcupine tree yeah all the, all of the other bands that he plays around with i think he produces a bunch of other bands that we work with and he's he does he plays yeah he plays prs guitars isn't he? i was actually talking on saturday to uh somebody who'd roaded for him when we were talking prs guitars i was at a at an event, and he was uh, setting this band up, and he had a great conversation about them. He was talking about Stephen. Yeah, uh, well, he's quite a talented man. <laughs> um, so, can you share with us, um, you know, how PRS has sort of grown since those early days? You know, the, um, the how, you know, and I guess also, you know, how you've managed to upscale it because right. some, you know now you're a global brand. I mean, that's right. quite different from your original roots. Sure. So for starters, I'll just take you kind of through the what I perceive to be the major growth platforms. So we, we started the business in 1985 and we were in Annapolis, Maryland, which is a small, almost a tourist town. It's the capital of Maryland, but it's really very quaint and touristy and kind of a neat town. And we were in a, a bay of an industrial park, very small and very, um, very tight, not very conducive to manufacturing. And in that shop, we started, and like I said, we were maybe making three, five guitars a day. I remember the first week we made 25 guitars in a week, and we had a party. That was great. And we we probably had maybe 16, 20 people inside of the business at that point. Um, and then we just started. The business started growing. The, the, the market recognized that we existed and had a new thing that was cool and wanted it. So with that came expansion. And we just expanded by taking over bays in that industrial park for a few years. So from 1985 to 1996, we were in Annapolis. Um, in about 1995, we recognized that the, there was staying power and more growth opportunity, and we couldn't really grow inside of Annapolis. So we moved. We started looking for a place to move, and we moved to our current location. So we're on a little island called Ken Island in the Chesapeake Bay right across from Annapolis. And we've been here since 96. Um, and about probably six years ago, we built a, a pretty major sizable addition onto the building. Um, and inside of that building, we all of our combined footprints about 125,000 square feet now. And we have our amplifier project, our acoustic project, and our electric guitar projects all running here. Um, to your point on on a global platform you know we we 
obviously started in the United States with distribution, but we pretty quickly branched it into international. And along the way, not too far down our international road, um, we picked a distributor in the UK, actually, uh, Gavin Mortimer, who most recently, in January 1st, we actually have, um, we bought his distribution business and now Gavin works for PRS Guitars um, as an employee instead of a distributor, so we have PRS Europe now. So we're selling um, more directly inside of the UK and Germany now with plans on expanding that through Europe. So it's a very exciting time, um, and you know the growth opportunity is 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 um, is there for us to to keep going for the foreseeable future. Yeah. <clears throat> and what what are the core values behind PRS guitars, and how did you manifest them? I'm sorry, could you repeat that? So yeah, yeah. What are the core values behind your business? The, obviously, the core values. So I, here's a story behind core values, I guess, from my standpoint. On Friday mornings at eight o'clock, and today's Friday, and at eight o'clock this morning, I go into a conference room, and there are five guitars that are sitting around the table. And we look at each one to find out what can be better tomorrow than it is today. The quality of the instrument is probably at the root of our success, and it's at the root of what drives us um, as a business. Um, in, I guess our core values are kind of the values of, of people, I guess. I, I we try to have high integrity with our customer. We try to have excellent customer service. We try to stand behind what it is that we build to the best ability. Um, uh, we're innovation, I would put, as a core value of the business. But probably quality is the number one thing. We, I started playing guitar on a $20 acoustic guitar that the action was probably three-quarter of an inch off of the fretboard, and I didn't know any better, and I thought a guitar was supposed to make you bleed. And what we want to do is inspire um, the next generation of guitar players by providing an excellent instrument um, that they can more freely express their art faster and easier if that makes sense. Yes. So, you know, we have an import line, for instance, that um, our SE guitars, and going back to Carlos, he was, he was, um, he precipitated quite a bit of that for us. Um, he said, I want kids that love my music to be able to get a guitar that has my name on it and that I'm enthusiastic about, and they're not going to be able to afford my signature Carlos Santana line. And, and for a long time, we just said, you know, there's no way that we can do that, what you want inside of this factory. And then we realized maybe we could do something that wasn't necessarily done in our industry. And that is go offshore, go into Asia and develop a guitar that wasn't made to be flashy, but it was made to play really well. And so that has inspired a whole new generation of young guitar players to pick up the guitar and have just an excellent playing instrument for them to have as a first guitar. Mm. And yeah, I'd say a very playable guitar. I mean, how did you find sort of setting that up in the far 
east to make sure that you know what was built really was aligned to your standards right that a fascinating project in my mind so it starts with um knowing just like hiring a, an employee to be a guitar builder here who are you going to hire to build that guitar over there and um paul and the project manager doug shy spent an enormous amount of time touring um and looking at every guitar factory that we could find out about and found the one factory that we felt that had the integrity and the same passion for building instruments that we did. And the owner of that company, his name is Mai Wan, and I would call him a friend. We've made a lot of guitars together, and uh, he's built all of our SE-branded electric guitars um, over the years. And so we have a great relationship with him and with his business. We visit his factory often. He visits here often. We have uh, constant dialogue. And we look at it not so much as somebody that's out there building our guitars for us, but he's building our guitars with us. So he yeah, very much feel he very much feels part of the team, does he? Yeah, I think he I think he is part of the team. Not only does he feel like he is, but he actually is. And um you know, we, we've learned a lot from him. I think he's learned a lot from us and, and it's been a very synergistic relationship. And, uh, he's a, he's a good guitar player and a very nice guy. Fantastic. So I've got about three minutes left till the next commercial break, but I wonder, you know, in this journey, what have been the biggest challenges that sort of stick out in your mind and how do you overcome them? Hmm. I'd say the challenges have mainly been economic downturns and how do you navigate when the economy plummets. Um, and, and honestly, those challenges probably yield some of our most innovative and successful instruments. You know, necessity is the mother of invention, as they say. And um, so I'd say the challenges are navigating hard financial times, but the, the good of that is the, the, the very cool competitive and playable instruments that come out of it on the backside. Mm. And, and is, is the guitar market, you know, one where you know, in an economic downturn you see, you, you see a fall in sales or, I mean, we've, what we've I've noticed in the UK is that, uh, you know, there's some premium goods products that have continued to do exceedingly well throughout the recession because it's a niche of people with uh, high net worth continue to, to buy them. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's true. I think, I mean, there was a, there was a feature on an American, um, radio show years ago during the financial downturn that actually did a feature on us because it word got out that investors found that our instruments were a more sound investment than playing the stock market. So they were dumping stocks and buying our very, very high end private stock guitars, um, as a safer bet than the, than the fund markets were. <laughs> yes, actually, that's um, <clears throat> having a little bit of my investment sitting in gold at the moment. I think I probably would have been better off buying POS guitars. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
if you bought it at the right time, you did pretty good with the gold. So you probably did. Well. Yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> did very well, actually. Good. Well, we're going to go to commercial break again, and we're going to be back again, ready to learn about, um, about some lessons from Jack about things like marketing and sales and the amazing you know, a tribe of followers and admirers that uh, PRS uh, have uh, you know, built up over the years and quite, uh, quite rightly. So we shall be back again in just a couple of minutes. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high-potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high-return group mentoring and mastermind program called The Achiever Program, one-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. Dialogue is the single most powerful leadership tool we have to make a difference in the world. Leading conversations with host Cheryl Esposito creates a place for that dialogue. Tune into the Voice America Business Channel every Friday as Cheryl hosts new conversations among leaders from around the world in business, government, art, economics, and social change. We'll explore big ideas and everyday actions and learn how their own leadership has led them to discover a newfound sense of possibility in the world. Leading conversations with Cheryl Esposito, bringing big thinkers together in conversations that make a difference right here on the Voice America Business Channel every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. You were tuned in to Be More, Achieve More with host Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to info at bemoreachievemore.com. That's info at bemoreachievemore.com. Now, back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper of bemoreachievemore.com. I'm delighted to be with uh, the president of PRS Guitars, Jack Higginbottom, and uh, we've been talking all sorts of things about uh, PRS and its amazing story. I really want to move on now, Jack, to to talk about the fundamental lessons that you've learned about marketing and sales during uh, the journey. Great. So where do you want to start, marketing or sales? I guess they kind of meld together. Um, so it all starts with the instrument, I guess, and it starts with the player. So... Um, from a sales standpoint, the way the business started is there were just a few key dealers that recognized um, a different, I guess, a different level of instrument building than, than a lost art, so to speak, that Paul had had revived. And it was, um, you know, it was very easy for them to find a few customers and to get the ball rolling. So, uh I guess an interesting thing to me is that almost all of those early dealers are still dealers of ours, and they've grown with us. Some of them have grown because of us, I'm happy to say. Um, and um, from a marketing standpoint, we've just held kind of true to our values that this is a player's guitar, that it performs well, 
that it may not be the most inexpensive guitar on a wall, but it provides hopefully the greatest value of all the guitars on the wall. And 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 how have you then taken that product and and sold it and and increased its you know interest in the market? Or has it or has that come really through um, you know people seeing people like Carlos Santana and and uh, Steve Wilson, Stephen Wilson, and people like that playing them? Is that where? Well, it's I guess it comes. Artists are obviously a huge part of getting the word out. Our advertising, our website, you know, our social media initiatives, uh, the magazine relationships that we have, reviews, it all, the music industry, there are so many different data points for a person to make a decision um, and decide that, yes, this is the guitar that I want. Some of it's their own experience of going into a store and trying but the, the major influencers are, you know, and now it's bloggers and reviewers and, um, you know, the digital medium has, has certainly changed the landscape of how we communicate our messages in the last few years. Um, it's still a very traditional, you know, you would think the guitar players would be the most cutting edge and the most aggressive technology driven people in the world, but it's actually a very traditional market. So we, you know, we, we may even cling to print longer than, than most other industries, but we do recognize digital, um, becoming much more important as we go forward. And our focus here, if you look at, you know, Gene and Judy and Mark and the people inside of the marketing department, um, we're, we're definitely gearing to grow all of our digital assets, um, somewhat at the expense of the analog side of things. You know, the money's got to come from somewhere, and I think the growth is definitely in digital. Great. And so so do you, are you, do you use Facebook and Twitter and uh, oh, yeah. things like that yeah. heavily? Yeah. All of, the, all of the standard stuff, you know, and, and a lot of digital advertising, a lot of banner ads that we, we run. And our dealers also recognize this and so the dealers have much more of a web presence than they they would have in the past um and so a lot of you know we can we can do banner ads and and uh, product spotlights on on their sites as well so it's you know it's uh it's, it's dynamic you, you should set up a separate interview with judy and gene and and mark to definitely get deeper into to their insight into the marketing world i'm, I'm involved in in it to a degree, but they're much more knowledgeable than I am. Great. Good, good idea. So now one of the things, good idea. One of the things I um, think is fascinating about yourselves as well is that uh, I know you have these, these conferences where people go over to um, Maryland to, um, to see the, uh, the manufacturing unit and, uh, and see, see your, products being made, et cetera. And you see, you've got, I know you've got a real kind of tribe of followers. Um, you know, it's like a, a fan club and, and that's, uh, seems to be growing and growing. I mean, was that something that you consciously developed or? Yes. Yes, we did. We, we developed. So in the United States, there are two major trade shows. One is in the winter. They're called NAM shows. One is in the winter and it's in California. And then there's a summer show that, can be in various locations and that summer show for us was never um 
an incredibly successful or profitable um, experience. And so we decided, gosh, five years ago maybe, that we were going to, instead of attending that summer show, we were going to develop our own show, and we call it PRS Experience. So in the autumn here in September, we will shut the factory down, and we will erect stages outside, and Carlos Santana has played at the show. We've had Buddy Guy here. We've had, you know, a whole slew of our top-tier artists come in and perform and then invite all of our customers and guitar players and guitar owners that that want to come in um, to just basically experience what we're about for two days with factory tours, interactive displays. We'll set up, you know, um, amplifiers and guitars, and everybody can play our latest products. We've done recording sessions with Peter Denenberg from Acme Studios on how to do great home recordings. We teach people how we build guitars. We teach them, you know, we have a little area. The, one of the most popular places is an area where people can go and learn how we stain to get those colors, and they can stain a guitar block themselves and see that. We have a jam tent where we have a house band that you can just come on stage and, and, and jam on 12-bar blues or whatever you want to play with a house band. And, and also, of course, get to see... Um, some rock stars perform evening concerts, so it's a, it's a, it's quite a festival, and it's it's become a real destination. Um, you know, people take their vacations around that week, and uh, come from all over the world. It's, it's pretty humbling to see how far people will come to see what we do. Yeah. And do the numbers keep growing year on year? They scared, do. But... <laughs> they do. It, it's. Uh, We've managed to almost keep it organized with the growth, but there's there's always a little bit of controlled chaos going on and some some new thing that comes up each year. But it's um it really is like an open house for us. It's opening up our doors and letting um, our extended family in, and uh, it's something that I hope we continue to do for a long, long time, especially as we grow and diversify our business. You know, there's always something new for people to see. They might come back year after year, but it's changed every year because we change every year. Mm. Amazing. There's a book that I really recommend people read if they've not read it before, Seth Godin's Tribes. Is that is that something that you're familiar with? I'm not. No. Yeah, Seth Godin's tri- Tribes. It's it's a book I find I've I've studied it with a, it, uh, with a number of mentoring groups that I've led, and and most people absolutely love it. Um, but you get one or two who find it's uh, the style doesn't quite work with them. But I, I love it. I think it's a, a really fascinating book, and it's very much about you know building tribes of people that that follow you, have an interest in what you do, and and growing that, and how you know that can really help you know, business and. And an individual maybe is uh, acting as a thought leader. Grow. It's a it's a really good book. So I'd recommend recommend that one. I will. I will. I will pick that up. But you're right in that. You know, there are people out there that are our um, flag bearers. You know, to such a high level, and it's it's really nothing other than their enthusiasm the product and it, maybe it goes back to Paul's infectious personality too you know he he's out 
and about and you meet him and you just, you know, you become involved in the business to some degree. And, and the people that own our guitars are very passionate about our guitars. Um, and so I guess that, that snowballs, so to speak, and creates those tribes that you're, you're speaking of. Yeah, and I, th- I think it's a sort of product. If you look playing the guitar and you pick up something that um, you you know you understand that it comes from a very good place and uh, an incredible story behind it that's evolved and you pick up your guitar and you play it regularly you are being exposed to the PRS and the PRS brand aren't you sometimes several times in a week uh, and if you're enjoying that experience then you know your loyalty and your affinity is going to grow and you're going to talk about it which, sure, uh, sure. Which, we have a group of the probably the most afflicted or <laughs> affected people with our brands called our signature club. And um, it basically is the ultimate um, product appreciation um, group. Um, just incredibly loyal customers that, that really, really do appreciate what we do. Um, and over the years, I guess the signature club was founded at, around the first experience that we had. And so we'll have uh, sort of a special event that we'll do for the Signature Club at the experience, actually, where they'll get to get a little bit of a deeper view. We've had, you know, Ricky Skaggs and, and David Grissom give lessons, you know, to the SIG Club, things like that, as a thank you to them for their phenomenal loyalty. Great. I wonder, we've got a few minutes, uh, a couple of minutes or so left before we need to go into a commercial break. I mean, what are the, what um, lessons um, or sort of final messages would you like to, that you've learned about life and business that you maybe like to share with the audience in the next couple of minutes? Oh, boy, that's a, that's a weighty question. I guess <laughs> I would, I guess I would say, um, what has worked for me in my life and inside of PRS is to be a part of a company that is on a mission. And so to be a part of a movement or a mission, I guess, is would I wouldn't be satisfied to do a job that wasn't that. Whatever the mission is, you know, I try to encourage my children to do that. Find the thing you're passionate about and pursue that passion and make it a mission. Um, and surround yourself with people who have integrity and enthusiasm and positiveness and, and joyful to be around. And then you just don't mind coming to work and you don't really want to leave. And it's just, a, it's just what I would say about my life and work is that work never really starts or stops. You know, family never stops or starts either. It all melds into one life experience that, um, is what my life is. And I don't think of it as going to work. I just think of it as we're making instruments and how can we make better instruments? And that may be on a Sunday night or it may, you know, it, it just finds you at that moment, not during a time period, I guess. So um, love what you do and, and, and follow your passions and surround yourself with excellent people. And um, I think, Having having a positive nature and a willing kind of a willing spirit and a tenacity to not um, accept anything short of your expectations makes for an interesting life. 
Wonderful. Some great words of wisdom there. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you uh, today, Jack. Thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you, Chris. Uh, it was great being here. Uh, you're, you're very welcome. If you want to find out more information on PRS Guitars, go to uh, www.prsguitars.com. Um, is there any other sites, Jack, that you want to refer people to, or is that the prime one? That's the prime one. Everything that we have will be driven off of that. Fantastic. You, you can have a look at how beautiful some of these uh, these guitars are as well. If you've not seen seen them before. If you've got any questions or feedback, please send them to me at chris at bemoreachievemore.com or connect with me on Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, or, or wherever. And uh, on next week's show, I'm, I'm actually taking a break next week. I'm repeating a show with Hilary Wilson, which was on Career Success, which was a, a really uh, g- great show with, for anybody who's looking at you know being a better employee, um, you know, wants to uh, grow and develop themselves in their organization to uh, be more useful uh, and be more likely to be seen for promotion. Um, something that I would have loved to have uh, heard myself when I started out my career many years ago. Uh, and then the following week, we'll have uh, Christine Marsh, who's going to talk with us about um, how to how to really deal with people if it's not your natural affinity. Um, so, you know, if you're maybe if you're uh, someone who's a bit more introverted, an accountant, uh, maybe uh, maybe a lawyer, maybe a systems a detailed person, um, she's going to talk with you about how to uh, really engage with with people from that stance. And, and if you're a very of a very people orientation, then maybe you'll get a little bit more insights about how. Um, that sort of uh, detailed mind works, which is the orientation that Christine came from. So I'll be back with you again very soon. Thanks again for listening to today's show, and I wish you all um, well in your endeavors. Thank you for listening to Be More, Achieve More. Please join your host, Chris Cooper, again next Friday at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, typically 4 p.m. London on the Voice America Business Channel. Enjoy your week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.